So as we mentioned, we wanted to talk about language learning together. Now in the book, Mission Smart, there's a whole chapter about language learning and basic principles of good questions to ask about learning a culture and the language and how vital that is. We cannot overemphasize how important it is to master a language and to be able to operate in it, not just for ministry, but also for you to be able to feel at home, to not always feel like a foreigner, um, where you're not always translating it in your brain. If you're going to be able to build friendships with locals, you're going to need to feel comfortable with it. So I think it's probably in the chapter, but we're just going to say one more time. Always keep in mind, no matter what we say about language learning, it is a top priority in the first three years when you move to a place. Yes. I I can't say enough how important this is and how much it has to be. Why did it help you so much, Vicki, to have the language when you think about it? Um, Well, it, it helps with practical things because I was able to just move easily and get whatever I needed and wanted to get done. Or speaking to neighbors who are talking to you. Oh, I mean, how, how could I have built the relationships um, that I had with my neighbors in practical things? How we're going to handle this situation in the building? How when I'm doing things that are irritating them. Yeah, they're yelling at you off the balcony and you don't know what they're saying. I need to be able to engage with my community. Yep. Um, I needed it to build friendships, just to have people to go and drink coffee and tea with. Go into the market and be able to not get taken every time you're shopping. Well, but even more than that, I think language is culture. There are parts of the culture there that I never would have really understood without learning the language well and learning to express my heart um, in that language. I just don't think I could have felt at home there. There you go. That, That is so important is... If we're always just treating this as work, you know, we're here to do ministry. We're here to learn this language so that we can explain the gospel to people. But it it has to go more than that. You have to feel, you can't always feel like a foreigner dropped in to deliver a message. Well, and, and a message, people are not one-dimensional. They are multi-dimensional in their interest and in life. And that's how... That's how the gospel is shared. It's not just like every conversation isn't important unless it has a spiritual um, meaning to it or dimension to it. Or just certain points. There's building people to be truly known by another. You have to be able to speak their language. And it comes out in interacting with them and finding out what's important to them and where their struggles are or where their questions are. It was so interesting. The early years, Vicki and I found ourselves growing in different areas of the language. So I knew a lot about repairs and uh, hardware and banking and um, I guess I was sort of progressing in some of the biblical language 
And then Vicky. Oh, boy. I knew a lot about cooking language. I knew a lot about children language. Food. Food. I knew a lot about relationship type. Neighbor um, stuff and neighbor children's stuff, and how babies. people are interacting. Clothing. You knew names of clothing and furniture. I didn't know, but I knew tools and I knew how to repair a toilet and I knew how to pay rent. And we just started learning. I learned all about interacting in a shop and buying some paint. And, I, and Vicky didn't know any of those words. Of course she didn't. Why would she need to know? But that's how we weren't just, it wasn't just functionally learning that. That also gave us worlds to operate in and build friendships in. Well, for example, all of your experience um, with with one of your friends doing all kinds of repair work around his house and other places in our house, that you you learned all about how to speak the right. language of tools and fixing things, and then. You became sort of the fix-it person in our building for all of our local friends. And they would come and ask you. And then we built relationships with them. And then later when computers came out, I began to learn all these computer words. And I began to interact with people that were dealing with computers. And it just opened up doors. As Vicki said, we didn't want to be one-dimensional. We didn't want to just say, you know, as some locals once said, you missionaries are all one-dimensional. If we got a question from the Bible, you can help us. But besides that, you don't know anything about... Us. Or, you know, music, politics, food, travel. Um, I mean, it reminds me of the the story that Tim Keller was talking about of when he moved to um, Manhattan, that the first year or two, he, he sat around and just wanted to talk with people to learn what they're thinking and how they're thinking and what their questions are. What do and they the, do? We need to do, be able to do that. Um, in another language and really be able to share with people. I had someone tell me after being there, the, you know, the first three years, all you need to be focusing on is the language. And 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 what he meant, you know, you think, oh, aren't we doing anything valuable? Well, by giving yourself to being able to eat, drink, sleep, dream, you know, in that language, is that it's going to allow you to be productive in having meaningful conversations, actually being able to talk about your faith. And it's not just passing on this message. If that's the case, then just hand them a Bible, right? Hand them a book. But if you're trying to share life with them and explain how how you walk with Christ on good days and bad days, you're going to need to be able to speak from your heart. And so so, so this things? was our task. We were we were trying to learn the language um, together at the same time. So the first thing we did was go to class together. And sometimes that was a disaster. Sometimes it was. Sometimes it worked okay. What we quickly learned was that we learn language very differently. As so, if we didn't know we do a lot of things differently. We learned that language learning was another one that we do differently. And at first we tried to impose our strategy on the other. Like, you know, I had little index cards and this is what I found to be the best way. And Vicki had a little notebook. And I said, yeah, but you won't be able to find them in that notebook. And so suddenly there was this competition of the best way. Or even when we visited people or when we had people over, 
we tried to do our methods. So what did we... So we finally um, learned to really leave each other alone. Grace. With that. There is grace for people learning differently. We also had a different level of, I don't know, tolerance for intense study. I remember one time we were at a language helper's house and we were practicing. I think we had been working for about an hour and I had reached saturation point and I knew that just when I reach saturation point, there's no more learning that's going to take place. I'm done. My brain is done. It's not going to happen. But David can often push through. His battery was only getting more charged. So we had to learn cues. And I don't know we what did. it was. What we ended up doing is I ended up actually leaving the language lesson and going and just talking in the other room but not being pressured at first, he tried to pressure me to stay in there. Come on, we've come all this way. Let's stay another hour. Come on, one more hour. Press through. And but we learned how we to, learned how to give each other grace and to realize that my language learning was not going to look like his. So we could still go to someone's home, but we could learn differently. Sometimes Vicky would just go into the kitchen and just let let this person talk. And she could write down some words, but Vicky was able to pick it up by listening. And she wanted to sort of keep hearing the language. Maybe I was in there trying to analyze it. And I think a lesson we learned here is, yes, there are different learning styles as a couple. But there's also, we mentioned in our last podcast, that if your team or your organization or your team leader says this you know, this is the way we're going to learn the language or we found this to be the best way. Try to, you know, just keep keep open to the fact that maybe there are different ways. Hopefully your team or your team leader isn't going to say that's the school and that's the way to learn. I know we were in a particular, we did two different schools and then we did tutors and then we did friends. I mean, we we did a whole number we of things. We did all different kinds of things. We had cassette tapes from the military, and I was learning mess hall and cannons. And, and yeah, those weren't very helpful tanks. vocabulary words. Were but, you know, I would listen to the tapes, and I learned that I needed to shut the door, and, and Vicky wasn't allowed to hear me, you know, mimicking into the microphone or whatever. But then again, she learned her own ways. But But what we found was we just kept asking other people, how did you learn? How did you learn? What did you find helpful? So we went to a couple of different schools and we ended up in one school where we thought, well, this is where a lot of people go. So I guess we'll join in. So we joined in and it, it for some reason, um, there was, I don't know, the teacher just seemed to be putting some, <laughs> he was using shame uh, to get people to talk. And one day he had Vicky in tears. And I remember going up to him afterwards and saying, um, in whatever broken English I had, or maybe not broken English, broken language I was speaking, or maybe a little bit of English and said, have you ever studied a foreign language? Have you learned a foreign language? That's it. Not studied. And he said, no. So I said, you only know this. <laughs> so then I knew this was a doctor who had never been in surgery. And so... Vicky just said, I'm done. And we're like, okay, that doesn't mean we're done learning the language. What we said were, I'm done with this method. I've well, been on this road. There is an affective um, 
part of language learning that when you're under severe stress, oh. you it is hard for your brain to make those connections. And that particular teacher was so stressful for me that I was not learning anymore. And to be willing to reevaluate that, I think, was the the message. And I think the key to all this, um, you know, we watched this movie called The Martian, and it was it, he, all he kept saying was work the science, you know, work the problem. And that sums up a lot of what we did. Instead of, you know, we were thankful not to have something forced upon us. You know, this is what we all have to do. We're not encouraging you just to be a rebel. But we are encouraging you to realize that everyone is different. Personalities are different. Um, A a single person or like us without children is going to learn at a certain pace. People with children, it's going to be harder. And so you have to work it. Work the science. Work the problem. and Find things that work for you. And if Vicki needed a private tutor... um, and I think you had a couple of different ones. In other words, it wasn't just going over to somebody's house and sitting with a notebook and trying to learn from them. We found that some people were just not very helpful with that. So Vicki said, I want a real teacher. I'm tired of just sitting with some sweet ladies who go, I don't know what that means, or go ask my husband. So she said, I want a teacher. And I was like, okay. So then we said, let's put the money that we were going to put to a school and we just put it to a tutor. And Vicky said, I am loving this. I'm going to her or she's coming to no, you. No, I went to her and, and that was great too. But me, here I am with my index cards, walking into little shops. And when men, you know, if they weren't doing much work, we'd I'd sit down and I'd learn and I would just make him my tutor. I mean, I, I literally turned so many shopkeepers into language teachers for me by just making them tell me how to say this. Now, some were quite boring and go, I don't know another way to say that. And then some were creative. I thought it was also very interesting in language learning and talking about how people learn languages differently. David was the kind of person that if he learned a little bit of language, he would strive to use that as many times as he could. So at first, he appeared much more fluent um, than I was. I was quieter. But usually because I was, I, I just am different in the way that I study and learn. When I would say a sentence, I would be able to speak with more complex grammar structure and be able to say a complete sentence. So at times we had uh, local friends say to each of us, I mean, your language is so much better than her language or your language is so much better than his language. Yeah. We actually got that from both directions, which of course is never so helpful. Encouraging. Yeah. But um, to give each other grace that it's going to look different. Amen. And I, I think we mentioned in the chapter in the book that if you tend towards getting it all figured out before you say a word, if you tend towards, writing out all the grammar structures and getting your grammar all straight and uh, writing out Excel sheets of all the vocabulary and you don't use it and you don't, you're not inclined to get out on the street and start fumbling through it, then you need to discipline yourself to put your computer away and just go out and just go out and talk and go meet people. And, you know, obviously you don't want to just be, (laughs) 
I mean, you, it, it'd be helpful if you had something to talk about. I told a guy that, you know, his background was engineering and he was thinking about doing something in that work. Okay, then come up with a plan for going to talk to people in that line of work. Use your language in something that you're interested in and know something about. But anyway, but if you have a tendency to just get out on the street and say, I'll just learn it and I'm just going to, and you, then you're going to probably need to discipline yourself to sit down and learn some grammar well, we actually had some of that balance in one another because we had one who I tended more toward grammar. He tended more toward, let me get out and make a friend. And we pulled one another to do the opposite. And that was actually helpful too. So when we say, you know, give each other grace, that doesn't mean that you don't do the things that are hard. No. We all, Learning language is a challenge, no matter what personality you are and what plan you choose. Well, we learned to do some fun things. I remember we said, we're, we want to go on a picnic. This is a beautiful place. Why don't we go on a picnic with local people and we're going to do our best in the language? Well, I wasn't bringing my cards and notebook and we were literally having fun and throwing Frisbees or going, you know, sitting by the coast. And um, there were other times I would go for hikes and I literally would record the entire conversation and go back and make notes. And so there was a variety. So there were times where I think Vicki enjoyed when we just said, can we just go have fun and just try to naturally talk with them and not always be thinking about the language? Um, um, yeah, that was one of our, our two tips for language learning that I have. The first tip that I didn't learn until I'd been there a couple of years was that it is incredibly helpful to speak a language out loud, even if you are by yourself. You In your head, you can say that word, but actually getting your tongue to move and saying it out loud, there's value to that. Absolutely. Um, even when you're at home by yourself. So that's my first tip. My second tip is set yourself up when you're in a language learning situation to make it as fun as possible. Mm. So we did things like picnics and camping, fun places where you would board go. Games. Um, all of that was, we made it a point to do that with all of our local friends to have fun with them because the language part of it was hard at times. Plus you're learning culture too. That's hard. So, so we tried to limit our f- times with our English-speaking friends. Yeah, we did. So that we could make sure that all our fun times weren't just it, with English-speaking friends. Correct. We wanted our fun times to be with local friends, even though it probably wasn't as fun at the moment because of the language barrier. You know, when people say, but what about your team or what about all these needs for friendship, as we just talked about in the previous podcast, well, once again, we can't. T- we think there needs to be an imbalance of the amount of, t- uh, you know, there needs to be more. If you're in a language learning mode for these first two or three years, you're going to have to focus more on language and forcing yourself to be with those people and build friendships with those people and fumble through conversations. I don't. But I, you do need some deeper friendships. You do. You have to have those. And so we had those and we would focus on those and it would be, you know, on Friday nights, we're just going to relax and we're just going to have fun with those friends and watch a football game. But we're finding that 
there's another issue that I, I think we wanted to mention that we didn't have our experience where well, we didn't have the internet. We didn't even have a TV. And boy, that was helpful. People say, how did y'all learn the language? We were bored. We didn't have anything to do. There was, there were no malls in the place where we lived. There Correct. were no, no internet, no anything. So, so there was nothing we else were to forced. do. Yes. And we think people don't realize just how much a distraction um, having access to all the things on a smartphone and your computer and Netflix and and all those kinds of things. Well, they're distractions right here in our own lives here, right? If you haven't realized just how much time you spend in social media. Well, only imagine if you're trying to focus on doing everything in a new language and thinking in that language um, there's just too much of the distraction from that. So we actually, those who were effective at learning the language, basically limited themselves and cut themselves off. And I don't want to say cut themselves off from fellowship or cut themselves off from their church back home, but they limited it and they actually told their family and their friends and their church, hey, you're um, not going to be hearing from us yeah, as much. What are you doing? The same thing we said we were doing. We are trying to dig down deep and immerse ourselves in this culture, in this language. So you're not going to see a ton of updates. Um, please don't send any groups over. Um, we do need occasional friends and uh, to visit, to or visit fa- friends or, or family. family. To visit. Yeah. We're not, we saw, but don't send groups and we saw groups that were just saying no family, no visits at all for the first two years. Well, that's unrealistic or even a year. That's just unrealistic. And that was not helpful. That would not be helpful. We know why the rule is there because people abuse it and people get too many visitors and they're traveling too much and they're on the internet too much. So, but I think those first two or three years need to be, I mean, just focusing on the language and immersing yourself in it. So, with occasion, and when you do have friendships in English with believers, they need to be people that are around you, not yeah. just people back home calling right. them. I mean, it's right. free to call, you can watch anything on the internet. I'm telling you. If you don't limit yourself, oh. the culture stress is so great that we do tend toward anything that will relieve it. Yeah, and I know people that just got off of all social media, just got a new email address, uh, didn't have all those movie you know, accounts uh, for streaming. So what did they do? Well, they went into a mode where they said, we're going to give most of our time to, uh, you know, watching. Language learning activities. Yes. And actually, when on our last visit, when we went back over to where we used to live, I was amazed that there were movies in the language on their version of Netflix, and they had subtitles in their language. And I thought this would have been helpful, is to actually watch a movie in that language with the subtitles in that language. So that's something we didn't have. So media is helpful, you know, and there's apps on the phone that are helpful, but be very careful. So, yeah, I think that's how we learned is we learned to, that each of us are different and we gave each other grace and we found, we worked it. We worked the problem. Well, and we would have to stop every once in a while and evaluate. Yep. So, anyway, anything else you want to know about language learning, go look at our, the chapter in our book. Thanks. Thanks for listening today. Our book, Mission Smart, 15 Critical Questions to Ask Before Launching Overseas, is available on Amazon in paperback or Kindle. 
Feel free to email us with your questions through our website, esionline.org. Remember to subscribe to our podcast to get more episodes as they're published.